Okay, good morning again. Uh, this is Dave Vellante of Wikibon. Welcome, everybody. Today is October 7th. Um, this is the Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting, and the topic today is best practice in tape backup in recovery. Uh, we have two guests on the call today. I'd like to welcome in Eric Peterson of Sask Energy and Nathan Thompson of Spectrologic. Now, uh, many of you know the Wikibon Peer Insight format. Uh, I'll, I'll be the moderator today, and I'll, I'll ask Eric and Nathan to provide their perspectives on, on data protection, and we're going to look specifically at Sask Energy and a, and a project uh, around uh, data protection and, and, and backup that involve tape. Uh, and Nathan, as well, is going to provide some perspectives um, on, on technology roadmaps. I'm going to ask if you're not uh, if you're not Nathan or Eric, if you would please mute your phones. Uh, and if you don't have a mute button, you can just do star six, star six to mute, and star six to unmute. So when it comes time to chime in, um, you can just star six, and I'll remind you of this. But uh, we've been having some some feedback issues in the past peer insights, so please, if you could, comply with that uh, request. Uh, this is an open forum. Uh, as you know, anybody's welcome to participate, ask questions, and, and at the end of the meeting, I'll do a brief summary, and we'll post that up on Wikibon within a couple of hours, and then we'll follow that up with other analysis focused on, on specific customer actions. Uh, this meeting will last one hour and is being recorded. So with that, uh, what I'd like to do is ask our guests uh, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you know who you are, what your role is in your organization, and and why data protection is, is important to you. Nathan, why don't we start with you? Certainly. Uh, this is Nathan Thompson, and I'm the CEO and actually the founder of this company, um, Spectralogic. Um, about uh, actually 1979, I started a company called Western Automation, and we acquired a company called Spectralogic, just the assets, and chose to rename ourselves that. Uh, we have done data storage products for that, that period of time, uh, ranging from solid state to disk to tape, um, and uh, that, that continues largely to be our focus. Sometimes there's been some software elements in there. So uh, with your permission, David, I'd like to go over the kind of the state of tape and tape libraries. So actually, uh, Nathan, what I'd like to do is give uh, Eric a chance to introduce himself, and we'll talk a little bit about sort of the, the situation at, at, at Sask Energy, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the, the roadmap, if that's all right. Correct. Okay, so um, so Eric, can you um, say hello and tell us a little bit about you? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Eric Peterson. I work for a company called Sask Energy. We're a natural gas uh, utility provider for the province of Saskatchewan uh, up here in Canada. And uh, uh, my role, I'm actually a, a contractor. I'm a consultant to Sask Energy. I work for EDS. Um, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm an AIX um, guy by trade. I've uh, been in the industry for about 15 years, and uh, I guess within the last five or six years, I've become the uh, de facto backup guy here for the corporation, uh, handling um, the uh, Tivoli Storage Manager environment and all the data backups for the environment as primary contact, and uh, uh, that's about all for now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I guess what I'd like to do, uh, Nathan and Eric, let, actually let's start with uh, what's going on at, at Sask Energy, and then uh, what I'd like to do is is, is understand where you were, uh, uh, where you are today, sort of where you came from, what the drivers were, where you are today, and where you're going in the future. And Nathan, that's the point at which I'd like to talk about the the future of the the, the technologies and the roadmap. Sure. So, uh, Eric. Take us back uh, to the period a few years ago, you know, prior to the, the the new sort of data protection infrastructure that you've established. Um, what was the situation at the time with with backup and recovery? What were you trying to accomplish? What were the business drivers? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. We were uh, we were very much a um, a segmented uh, segmented type of IT department, whereas we had the Unix environment and the Intel environment. 
And uh, every server that we had, which wasn't a lot back then, um, had a standalone tape drive and running uh, various forms of uh, backup. In the real old days, we used to use CPIO direct to tape for the Unix boxes. Um, but uh, we were using ArcServe uh, to back up the AIX servers, and we were using uh, uh, Backup Exec in the Intel environment. And that went on for a long time with just standalone backups. Uh, we would send Friday tapes off-site for five years, and the rest of the stuff we would uh, uh, keep on site for a two-week rotation. Uh, eventually, as the environment grew, we started realizing a lot of pain with this and a lot of cost. So we started experimenting with uh, um, enterprise-type solutions, Legato and, and Tivoli or, or uh, ADSM as it was at the time. Um, and eventually we settled in on uh, uh, TSM as a, a solution. And then we were you know, looking at, okay, well, where do we put all this data? So we, we started down the, the uh, enterprise um, library solution. And uh, we looked at a number of different uh, vendors and offerings out there, including uh, IBM and, and uh, Spectrologic and a couple of others. And at the end of the day, uh, we got sold by the Spectrologic folks on um, SAIT technology. Prior to this, we were using uh, AIT, and we, we kind of went up the chain through AIT. We went to AIT and AIT3 and... and uh, um, ended up with uh, SAIT based on the the uh, huge uh, data density on one single cartridge was 500 gig native and uh, I don't know a terabyte or or something uh, compressed. So we settled on that tape technology and uh, the Spectrologic T950. Uh, it just brought tremendous amounts of of scalability and and huge density for the footprint, you know, one frame footprint in our computer room, which uh, was valuable at the time. And uh, so then we maintained the SAIT technology for a number of years uh, using Tivoli, and uh, now we're using a combination of SAIT and LTO4. So we've, we've been able to maintain the library throughout the whole thing, and, and it scales with us, both in terms of capacity and technologies. And uh, the Tivoli storage software allows us to do uh, uh, what they call an incremental forever. So we get a full backup initially of a server, and then um, after that, it's incremental only. So we're backing up 280 or some odd uh, clients nightly, but the overall backup is very small, ultimately. I mean, it's, you know, five or 800 gig. And uh, so there's a, a big cost savings in terms of uh, time and media uh, for our backups. We keep I wonder, a, just, uh, I wonder if I could just ask a couple of questions, uh, Eric, <clears throat> just to clarify some things. Uh, first of all, uh, I think for, for the acronym phobic, the TSM is Tivoli Storage Manager, right? Yeah, that's correct. And then and, and FAIT, I believe, is Sony's Advanced Intelligent Tape. Is that is that right? Uh, yes. I, I think they actually call it Super Advanced Intelligent Tape. Uh, super Advanced Intelligent Tape. Great. Is that right, uh, Nathan? Or? That, that's correct. You know, okay. superlative or rule, I guess. And right. Superlative, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then so you had a situation, Eric, where you had uh, basically these server islands, and, and you were backing up uh, each system with an in, it has its own tape drive. Is that correct? Yeah. And you were doing nightly full disk. Uh, full tape. Right. We were backing up strictly from disk to tape, a full backup of each server independently. Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, and and then so. Uh, it sounds like the drivers where you were trying to reduce the, you know, consolidate all those uh, individual tape drives, reduce your costs, um, and, and try to provide an infrastructure that was just more efficient and could scale. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not that uh, uh, Tivoli is uh, um, an easy solution. It's very complex, but overall the management and, and that of, of the whole environment to, to consolidate it into one 
is uh, of a huge benefit. Okay, so and I want to actually at some point come back and talk about some of the challenges of, of implementation, so we maybe talk about Tivoli then, but I want to make sure everybody understands uh, uh, what occurred in the environment. So you have, you, 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 you use this incremental forever, or perpetual incremental methodology which allows you to back up just changed data, correct? Yep. And so how does it work? So you, are you are you using disk-based backup at all? Can you talk about that? And 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 how do you do it? Uh, go from on-site to off-site? Can you just paint that picture? Sure. Yeah. Um, what we have is we have a uh, Tivoli um, storage manager server. He's the guy who runs everything. He runs on an AIX server connected to a, a fairly large SAN, a storage area network. And uh, what we have is disk pools on the SAN for the server. And all of our backups are done across the network, and the data is um, uh, stored in uh, the storage pools on the disk. So all of our nightly backups are done uh, from the server disk, or pardon me, from the client disk to the TSM server disk pool. Uh, after that, and of course that's very fast, and we're dealing with relatively small um, servers in most cases, the, the clients out there. Um, incidentally, it's strictly a server-based backup. We don't back up any desktop clients or anything like that. Um, so what happens then is uh, overnight we do the backups for the clients, and then uh, in the morning we run a off-site um, backup. So basically it takes last night's backup files from disk and writes them to, um, in our case, an SAIT drive. That SAIT tape or tapes is then sent off-site to uh, a secure environment elsewhere. And uh, um, then uh, tonight at 5 o'clock we will do a migration where we purge all of the data, not purge, we migrate all of the data from uh, the disk pools over to tape pools. And now that's LTO4. So that creates for us uh, an on-site copy on LTO4 uh, media, as well as an off-site copy for SAIT media. And uh, the disks are now clean for tonight's run. Then over at our DR site, we do have uh, a, an SAIT spectrologic library over there, a smaller one. And uh, in the event of a disaster, that uh, data that isn't uh, copied over there nightly, because we also do that, uh, robocopy uh, data over there for the servers nightly for a hot backup. Um, that which doesn't get sent over there um, can be restored from our off-site today uh, vault by using uh, SAIT. Okay, so let me just make sure I got this right. So you've got, you're performing backups of your disk pools to this temporary disk-based staging area, and then you migrate data from disk to tape locally and then migrate off-site for long-term retention. Is, is that correct? Yes. Okay, and then you're saying that locally you're using LTO4 uh, and then remotely you're using SAIT. Did I get that right? Yep, yep that's correct. And then, and then your local, live, do you have, you have a local spectrologic library and a remote one? Is that what I heard or is that? Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a large uh, T950 spectrologic library uh, here at our head office, and at our DR site we have a smaller uh, two-drive T120. All right, so the T950 is an LTO4-based technology, and the T120 is a is a oh. SAIT. Is that right? Or? Well, yeah, the uh, T950 actually houses um, both technologies. It's uh, it's got SAIT drives and LTO4 drives uh, in one frame. They're uh, logically partitioned into two libraries. Okay, great. So you're able to then so so you're able to 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 store the data directly on either the LTO4 or the SAT or on both, and then you're moving the SAT offsite for long-term archival. Is that right? Yep. Okay, and that's because of the capacity. I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to ask you. I think it's obvious, but why not just do all this on on disk? Why 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 bother with the tape? <laughs> Cost. You know, we have a five-year retention policy for everything around here, and as a result, the the cost of storing that on disk for five years was like astronomical. So the the cost of the tape, given the capacity of these tapes, 500 gig native, we can put a lot of data on a tape for a few dollars and keep it off site. Right, so the economics are just 
just overwhelmingly compelling. Um, now, now, help us understand the trade-off of this approach. So, so you've got this perpetual incremental backup, uh, which is very efficient and, and cost-effective, and um, you're presumably able to restore files very quickly if they're not that old. Um, but older files are, are going to take longer. Is that so? Can you talk about that a little bit? What that trade-off is? Yeah, well, the, the trade-off is uh, not so much restore of files, because it doesn't matter if I, well, if I restore a file from last night, um, I can, might be able to get that back from a disk pool, which of course is very quick. But uh, if I have to go back to yesterday or a year ago, it, it, it's irrelevant, because it's going back, it's mounting a tape and restoring the file. Um, so there's, there's, no, there's no penalty there. Um, where we do realize a little bit of pain uh, is in the event of a full server restore. Um, <laughs> because it's incremental forever, you've got data spread over, you know, potentially dozens or hundreds of tapes. Uh, so if you were going to have to restore a, a server, it may take a very long time to run through, you know, mount on mount, mount on mount, and restore. So uh, the solution to that is uh, uh, an archive once a month, we can archive the server and use that as a point-in-time kind of restore base. So we can restore the archive and then um, restore the server since then. So it takes away that pain. So, okay, so, so restoring even older files, like for instance files that a year ago, is not so much the issue, it's the full restore of the server that is the challenge, correct? And, yeah, because it's, the files are on tape, when, whether they were put on a tape yesterday or put on a tape a year ago, they reside in the library, so it's irrelevant. Right. DSM keeps track okay. of everything. And, and then, and then you, you mitigate that risk or minimize that risk by uh, uh, taking an archive once a month so that you've at least got a, 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 a shorter, a, a tighter snapshot there. Right. Okay, and then um, so is this a, is this methodology? Actually, let me let me stop here. So, star six, if you want to unmute, and, and please feel free to chime in. I've got some other questions, but if there's anybody else that has any questions for Eric, uh, you're welcome to to ask them now because I want to move on to talk about the implementation. A anything else on the project that you guys want to talk about? Uh, um, this is this is David. Uh, I'd just like to ask, uh, what type of applications did you have running? Um, uh, on, on, is this all of the uh, processing uh, computing power for uh, your organization, or is there other data centers? Could you just talk a little bit about the applications you're supporting with this project? Well, um, yeah, we back up our entire environment to one data center here. Uh, we have one central computer room. We do have uh, servers located in remote offices uh, spread throughout the province, but uh, the data is all brought back here for backup purposes. Um, we run a, a variety of, of different uh, in-house built and, and uh, bigger applications, uh, um, OneWorld, uh, Oracle, Sybase, SQL, Microsoft SQL, that is, uh, Lotus Notes, and a number of other um, applications. That's great. So, um, this is uh, Steve. I actually had a, a couple of questions. Um, just, what was the total amount of capacity that you're protecting on uh, on a nightly basis, given that it's incremental forever? What's the what would the full look like? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, the full, that's a good question. Actually, we were just talking about that this morning. It's, it's hard to know if you were looking at it from a, an entire environment perspective. It would be a lot. <laughs> um, the incremental backups on a nightly basis, um, because the, the way we have to structure our schedule is we actually send two tapes off-site but uh, neither one of them are full, and that's just a scheduling issue, and, and then the reclamation takes care of itself. But I'd guess that we were probably uh, we're backing up about uh, 600 gig a night in incrementals, and a large part of that is due to notes. And, and if you were to blow, if you were to blow that, up, what's the total capacity protected? Like, what's the full? Like, do you have 10 terabytes in your environment, or 
Um, well, our total environment is somewhere in the neighborhood of, I'd guess, somewhere around 30 terabytes. Okay. And now, we don't necessarily back all that up, but that's our, our SAN data is approximately that, maybe a little bit less. Okay. And when you went down the archiving road, is that a, is that a Tivoli technology or an IBM technology also, or is that a different technology that you do outside of the, outside of the backup window? No, we use Tivoli for that. Okay, thank you. So, Eric, I want to ask you, so, so uh, do, you, do, you, do you do anything special for notes? I mean, for instance, if you wanted to restore an individual user's mailbox quickly, um, you know, could you do that, or do you need to do something, you know, special gymnastics for notes? Yeah, you got to dance for notes. <laughs> There's a, yeah. a, an actual separate uh, agent application uh, for notes, uh, uh, TSM for mail, I think it's called. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, its own separate client, and it has funny rules in that. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot to do with the Lotus Notes components uh, beyond scheduling that. We have another fellow who, who takes care of uh, the Lotus Notes components for Tivoli. But it is a, a significant environment, uh, just Notes. We do a full backup of our Notes environment once a week, and uh, it's well over a terabyte. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail, but I just want the users on the call to understand that, that you really need to look at your different applications and the, and the recovery requirements, and you might have to do some special things to accommodate. Um, okay, can we talk now about the implementation? Um, you know, where'd you start, and 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 you know, what are you seeing? You know, how'd you roll it out? Well, um, the decision to go with Tivoli just kind of happened uh, based on some trials with other uh, softwares and uh, we just decided on, on TSM. Of course, nobody here had any experience with it, so we brought in a professional consultant who came on site to implement uh, it in our environment. He was here for a week and so we sat down and, and installed it and, and learned about it with him. Of course, that's one week. <laughs> So uh, there's a, a huge learning curve with TSM. It is nothing to be undertaken lightly. Um, it's a, it could be a full-time job depending on the size of your environment. But uh, we've we've learned a lot. Uh, we continue to learn with it. Uh, the the tape library uh, implementation was was uh, interesting. We had some issues with that in terms of the hardware. Uh, working within our environment and uh, SpectraLogic worked uh, extremely hard to get us up and running. We had some uh, issues that were flushed out uh, from the actual chip manufacturers on the fiber controller boards. Uh, they came back and they had to change their firmware, so that ultimately resulted in, in uh, a fix coming out for us to be able to talk to the library from our AIX server. Uh, there were some other challenges that uh, uh, we had through through hardware, and it was just uh, a lot of bad luck. But uh, at the end of the day, um, the library has been solid. TSM has been uh, has worked extremely well for us. Um, we continue to modify the way we do things because we kind of just did it. We didn't have a whole lot of planning around it and and zero knowledge. So over the years. You know, because we've learned a lot about it, we've had to change the way that that uh, we back up our whole environment, and and uh, we're getting much smarter. <laughs> okay, so uh, did you start with the AIX or the the Intel? Yeah, so, yeah, we we because we didn't want to go crazy with this. Uh, we did start with uh, just the AIX environment and that was primarily because um, it seemed to be the easiest and because I was became the, the Tivoli guy uh, and I was also uh, the AIX guy, um, it was just kind of a natural thing to do. So we started with our AIX servers and it was a much more vanilla environment. Uh, it got a little more comp complicated with the Oracle stuff, but uh, you know, the beauty of TSM is it, uh, given the ability to uh, back up the Oracle database is hot, 
um, with a combination of the Oracle uh, um, agent for Tivoli and the uh, Oracle RMAN uh, component, uh, we can back up all of our databases individually and, and hot. So that, that was a huge step forward for us because we had to do all cold backups for, for our Oracle environment. And as you can imagine, that doesn't sit well in today's more 24-7 kind of environment. Right. Right. Okay. And, and so you basically started with AIX, and you're, so you, then you're, you're attaching to the AIX uh, SAN and, and, and doing backups of, of your disk pools and and, uh, and and what what was the can you do the before and after for us so you know you, how long did backups take before and, and and what are you seeing now? Well, the the backup windows before I mean it varied depending on the server because on the Oracle server like I said we had backup windows of you know eight hours in some cases um, and now I, well of course there's no there's really no such thing as a backup window because it's it's all done live and concurrent. You know, we can back up servers in in uh, anywhere between seconds and a couple hours, depending on how big they are. There's some pretty big uh, uh, databases out there, and they're in, in both SQL and and Oracle. So, you know, the larger boxes take a few hours, but everything is done concurrently, and and Tivoli's really good at dealing with open files, and there's not too many errors that occur on a nightly basis. Okay, and you and you you said before you're doing your average daily backup is you said I don't know five or six hundred or eight hundred gigabytes a day is that right? Yeah, I would I would guess that it's uh, I six six hundred gig I would say maybe even less than that. We could we could fit it all in one or we used to be able to fit it all in one tape, but just because of the the schedules that we run to get the offsite tapes going, uh, we end up going to two tapes daily. Uh, and and notes is a little different from what I heard. You, you're doing something special there, and is that that, but but similar type of capacities or. Um, yeah, well, notes and notes is a is a big beast, and so we have different uh, types of schedules that run for for notes uh, throughout the day to uh, do backups of uh, logs and archives and and the mail files and that. But you know that the Tivoli. Uh, client allows us to back up uh, only the changes within uh, the notes mail files, which again was a huge step forward because other than that, it was incremental forever meant nothing on a on a notes mail file because some of those mail files are pretty big, and if you change one mail file or one mail inside that mail file, then the whole thing gets backed up again. So right. with the client installed on the note server, it just goes in and digs out the actual changed email messages from the individual mail file. Okay, and so but essentially you can do this on one cartridge or I guess two now because you you know for, for other reasons. But but generally one or two cartridges can accommodate the entire backup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these tapes uh, are big, the data compresses nicely. Uh, even even the uh, notes database Backup, full backup, which runs on the weekend, will, and it's over a terabyte now. It will fit onto, onto uh, one cartridge along with much of our other environments. So we're easily within two cartridges on Mondays. I might, I might add here, uh, yes. keeping in mind that they are first moving it to disk, uh, and then they're consolidating it onto one cartridge with the way that TSM works. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, th let me just clarify. Uh, when we back up to disk, we have uh, various storage pools that are dedicated for specific types of clients. We have, you know, production and, and dev and test, and we have uh, our web environment. We've got our production LAN environment. We've got the AIX environment. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, a, a, another business unit's environment on there. So everything kind of gets sliced and diced into various disk pools and then migrated to uh, respective tapes. So what happens is daily, we've got a, a tape pool for you know our production web environment, let's say, and all the data from our production web servers gets appended to that tape. So it keeps getting appended to every single day. When it's full, it's full, and it grabs another scratch tape and just keeps going to that. So it's not like a full tape every day. It's uh, it just appends every day. And then the off-site tape is one tape with 
everything clutched together on it. So all the various client data is all on one tape, but locally here it's not necessarily that way. Okay. Have you ever had to do a, a, a full system restore? No. Talking wood. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've tested it, but we've never had to actually do it. Keeping in mind, though, they are doing monthly complete full backups. So, so you might have to apply 15 days worth of changes, but it wouldn't be 700 days worth of changes. Exactly. Yeah, we also uh, we can also create uh, what we call a backup set, and in fact, we just did one this morning. And uh, what that allows them to do is, uh, um, we're going out. Uh, this is a, a perfect example. We're going out to a remote office, and uh, you know, if we're 200 miles away across a, a two meg uh, data connection, a restore is <laughs> is ugly. So what we can do is we can create uh, what we call a backup set. And what that does is it typically takes a scratch tape and then it, it builds a complete uh, backup set of, for that particular server by going and grabbing files off of all the various tapes that has that data on it. So rather than going to the server and doing a full backup, it talks only to the, it only gets data from all the tapes. So it's completely, um, it, it doesn't bother our environment at all. It just goes away in the background and creates one complete full tape of all the current versions of all the current files on that server. And then they can take that, that one tape and, uh, and a standalone SAIT drive, because that's all we have. We don't have any LTO4 drives. They take an SAIT drive and run out to the, to the remote site and um, they can do a complete system rebuild from that one standalone tape. They don't have to come across the network or anything like that. So it's uh, that's pretty convenient too. All right, okay, so you've got so the real driver here, the real sort of constraint you had was your, your the mandate that you had to keep everything for five years, right? Yeah. So that's that that was the. The, the hurdle that you had to, or the, the requirement that you had to maintain. And so, do you go to this perpetual incremental approach, uh, which, which carries with it this, this risk of having to do, you know, full, full server restores, but you've mitigated that risk um, by archiving once a month a, a full image. And thus far, that's not been an issue to even have to uh, uh, go back those 15 days potentially, which would be the worst case scenario. Um, you, you've clearly done, I'm sure, restores from the night before, which is no problem. Oh yeah, we we run we're doing restores all the time, but uh, yeah. we've never had to like those are just file restores. Uh, we've yeah. never had to rebuild a whole server from Tivoli. Okay, so so like I'm here, we have tested it. Say it again. We have tested the procedure, and it does work, it, but it is ugly. <laughs> so, I wanna, so what I want to do now is just sort of wrap up the sort of implementation piece, and I want to talk about going forward. But what I'm hearing is benefits are you reduce the backup window from eight hours down to, to, to hours or even minutes in some cases. You're supporting a, a 24 by 7 strategy. You don't have to quiesce Oracle or probably some other applications, which you had to before. Um, uh, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that you reduced your costs because you, you, you're not you're not backing up the individual tape devices anymore across the province. Is that right? That's right. We got rid of those devices, those individual tape drives. Yep. Yeah, they've all been pulled out. So I mean, now we're not so we're not having to buy the media because they were all AIT3. So we don't have to buy the media. We don't have to pay for maintenance on those drives. We don't have to pay for somebody to go out there and, and replace them or fix them or service them all the time. It's it's just a lot a lot nicer now. <laughs> okay, and and the the, the media uh, costs are reduced. Uh, presumably, you have less media, and and you're now using higher capacity media. Is that right? Or? Yep. Okay. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. They, I mean, even even the SAIT tapes are ten to one over the AIT. Is that, is that what you were using AIT before? What was that like? A, a, a That's an eight millimeter. 
8 millimeter uh, cartridge uh, with a 50 gig. Capacity, 50 gig, okay, and now yep. you're up over a terabyte, right? Uh, with the LTO4, well, we're, we're 800 native, and then whatever we can get for compression, they advertise 1.6. And uh, in some cases, depending on the type of data, we're seeing an awful lot. <laughs> I've seen over 2 terabytes on one tape so far. Okay, good. So any, does anybody have any other questions on the implementation or, or, or benefits? Yeah. I want to I yeah. now talk. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, this is Nick Allen. Uh, Eric, two questions. Um, one, uh, typically consolidation functions typically take a lot of resources, both disk and processor. Uh, did you have to configure uh, a special machine, and, and if so, how big was it? And the second question is, has any of the data reached five years, and what it, what what is your your process and procedure then? Okay. Uh, first of all, the we do have a dedicated uh, Tivoli uh, server. Um, it's a, an AIX uh, partition running on a P570 box. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. Um, in terms of resources, uh, we do have a large amount of disk dedicated to this just to create our backup storage pools. Um, so. You know those discs fill and empty as the days go go on. And in terms of uh, processor and and memory and that, uh, it is not uh, a big resource pig. Um, How much disk? Server... Sorry. How much disk? How on much that, on that server? Oh, uh, boy! Off the top of my head, I, I'm not even sure. Um, Several several hundred gig, um, maybe maybe a terabyte. Right. You know, to to accommodate the various disk pools. Right. Uh, I would I would guess we're we're getting close to a terabyte across all the pools, and 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 of course that's going to vary based on your individual environments, however much data you think you need to back up at night, because the last thing you want and and this is what we're always fighting with, is as more clients and more data comes on board, um, what ha ends up happening is if your disk pool isn't big enough, it's going to migrate automatically on you. So the data is coming in at night, and the disk pool fills up, and it automatically starts writing to disk or to tape, which is fine, except when you want to create your off-site data tapes. Because now, instead of going disk to tape um, to get your off-site data, you're going tape to tape, which of course slows the process considerably. So you want to have uh, large enough disk pools to accommodate your full nightly backups for all your clients. And in some respects, it seems like an awful lot of wasted disk on your SAN. But at the same time, it's uh, it's pretty much required. So you need a lot of disk space. Um, Resource-wise on the server, uh, CPU, um, I have 1.5 CPUs dedicated to this partition, and uh, it gets busy in the middle of the night, but uh, it never ever pins the CPU 100%. And I've got, I believe I've got two gig of RAM allocated to this, and again, that's, it's never an issue. We don't do any paging or anything. It runs fairly well. And at the five-year mark? Okay, now, um, Tivoli deals with uh, its own um, data management. It's pretty smart, and you really have to trust it uh, to do what it does because you'll never, ever be able to keep track of what's going on. Um, it does a process called reclamation. So Tivoli is, is all policy-based. So you create policies for all of your um, uh, data, and then you assign your clients accordingly. So in our case, uh, for our production environment, we have a five-year retention policy that says keep all versions of all files for five years. In our dev environment, it's only a six-month period. So what happens is after that, we'll say the six months or the five years, um, every day we run a, a, an inventory expiration process. So it goes out and it finds, it finds any files that meet that criteria and it says, oh, well, this file's been around for, for five years now. We no longer need it. And it deletes it out of the Tivoli database. And as that process proceeds, what ends up happening is the tapes that are off-site or on-site, um, the data starts disappearing off those tapes. 
Now, I don't mean physically, obviously, but logically. So Tivoli stops remembering that it's there. So as it deletes files out of its memory, its database, um, those tapes become smaller and smaller in terms of the data on them. When they reach a certain threshold, say 70%, so now instead of being 100% full sitting off-site, that tape typically says, well, that tape is only 70% full. So it's got 30% capacity. So how about we just rebuild that tape? So then what it does is it, it creates a brand new tape in the library, and it takes all of the data that resides on that off-site tape and restores it from tapes in the library and fills a brand new tape up to 100% capacity, sends that one off-site, and recalls the other one, so now you've got a scratch tape. So now instead of having a tape that's 70% full, you've got a tape that's 100% full, and you bring one back and put it into your scratch, or two or three. So it does a pretty good job of, of it knows what's been expired and what doesn't exist anymore, and you can reclaim tapes based on how much they're being used. So that's how you keep your your media in circulation. And one last question, if I would. Thank you. Um, how many full-time equivalents do you have either doing storage administration or backup administration? Um, well, we don't... Uh, I would say one. Uh, maybe, maybe a little better than one. We don't have um, <coughs> one person doing this full-time but it almost could be. We have people that share the duties. Like uh, I do all of the the maintenance and implementation and planning and everything around Tivoli, but uh, I have a fellow who works with me who does the, the daily tasks, you know, of keeping track of stuff, sending tapes off-site, and so on and so forth. Um, as far as the SAN management, there's uh, a few of us that are involved in managing it, uh, I am uh, going to become the, the team lead for our storage area environment. We're going to rebuild and uh, implement brand new technology across our whole SAN and try to clean that whole bit up. So that's a next year project. So I would say to answer your question, um, our environment is not real big, and I would guess that uh, ultimately it's at least one FTE. Okay, thank you. Oh. So, Eric, uh, you said one FTE. What was it beforehand, uh, before the, the, the implementation? You know, if you had to add up all the arms and legs doing this, you know, what, what do you think it would have been? Uh, well, I'm not sure that the number would have been a whole lot different, but, um, you know, we had the, the Intel guys looking after their tape environment across the province. So uh, it's just a kind of a daily thing. I, I mean, the short answer, I guess, would be two. Because you had somebody looking after the IX environment, somebody looking after the after the Intel environment in terms of backups, but they weren't dedicated people. You know what I mean? Right. They were. They were. That's why I called it arms and legs. So okay. So I, what, what I'd like to do now is 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 turn our attention a little bit to to, the, to looking forward and talk about the technology and, and where it's going. In recent you know years, we we've seen. You know, the, 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 the disk business and, and particularly data deduplication encroach on the traditional tape backup uh, uh, marketplace, which uh, I did some research and it's still around $4 billion worldwide. That, that's, a, that's a figure that I came up with. I don't know, it's an IDC figure. I can't actually remember, but um, if anybody has anything that refutes that. But it's been pretty flat, um, but nonetheless not dying. Um, and, and it seems like tape, and this is really Nathan, who I'd like your perspectives on, on where we're at and where we're going, um, is, is seeming to have a, a, a different role now. It's, it's a shifting role. Um, but I got a couple of questions for, for you, Nathan. One is, I'm going to actually segue from, from Eric's project. You, and I think you, you sell, Spectrologic sells data deduplication solutions and disk-based solutions and a variety of, of, of technologies in your portfolio. Looking at his situation, why wouldn't dedupe be a, be a fit here, and uh, or would it be, and, and what kind of you know thoughts do you have there? Number one, and then number two, can you talk about sort of where the tape industry is headed and and what the technology roadmap looks like? Certainly, certainly happy to, and and feel free to interrupt me at any point if if I'm uh, leaving something hanging or or you'd like less or more detail. Um, I. 
I think if you look at what Eric is doing with TSM, he's gaining most of the benefit of data deduplication. The way that TSM works is this this incremental strategy is is by far more powerful than than really any of the other backup products out there, the Convault, Veritas Net Backup, etc. Now, um, if you look at as Eric spoke to, setting up TSM uh, is is sort of the difference between using an iPhone and and linking your own Linux kernel to build something. It is uh, it, it gives you every option in the world, and we in fact have customers that are in the video business, broadcast uh, and movies and film industry that are using TSM with applications on top of it for for archiving information to tape. So it is incredibly powerful. It's, it's brought to you by the guys that that brought out VM, uh, that being IBM, IBM's VM in the mainframe environment. So with that, it has some very substantial capabilities. Uh, one of the points that I think I, we wouldn't want to miss is uh, we're calling it all backup, but really what Eric has got is he has backup to disk, and then that moves to tape. And and some of it is considered really an archive. I would probably say the five-year information is an archive. And then the local uh, information that you're you're moving to LTO4, that's really a backup. And so uh, we're seeing more and more customers do this sort of thing, although I'd, I would say that SASC was probably uh, a little earlier than others with, with the TSM's capability of going to disk. Um, so let's let's take a look at at the um, tape business, tape drive business, and and the tape library business. Uh, I would I would concur that it's relatively flat. It it's again r- around four billion dollars a year, and I think that probably counts media as well to get to that that four billion. Um, the two areas that we see growth in the mid range are LTO, and then the uh, half inch tape. Uh, cartridges that IBM uh, supports mostly for mainframes, TS1120 and soon the TS1130. And and although, Eric, like many uh, folks, have started out with one uh, format, in, in Eric's case it was SAIT, and before that AIT, uh, we see a, a very significant market shift uh, to LTO. And uh, the reason is it's it's really the standard. There's four drive manufacturers. There's six media manufacturers. We are in the fourth generation, and I think it's probably reasonable to expect another four generations with LTO after this. Uh, certainly, the the roadmap has been published through LTO six, but uh, it looks like it's going to continue on. And we see a number of customers doing essentially what Eric is doing. They're using one format and one aspect, and they're sort of transitioning to LTO for for other. Um, in this case, you know that uh, Eric's organization is using the SAIT for the archive, uh, but the LTO in the backup realm. So most of these other formats, AIT, SEIT, Mammoth, SDLT, DLT, Quick, um, Trevan probably was never really mid-range, but we, we see them really being eclipsed by LTO, and, and LTO uh, continues to grow. But we also see LTO taking over in a lot of the mainframe formats, like the uh, 9940, T10000, 9840, are being replaced by LTO, and even if you if you look at the IBM world, uh, IBM has their mainframe class drives, the TS1120, TS1130. Those are actually LTO drives underneath. The cartridge is a little bit different, but the heads, the firmware, the electronics, uh, the the R and D really is the, is about the same. The capacities are slightly different. But uh, what IBM has done is leveraged their investment in LTO for these half-inch. So I guess the conclusion is 
it's becoming an LTO world. And, and that's that's sort of the perspective from the tape side. Any questions at this point? Yeah, so so I, I wonder, um, you know, I'd like to think in terms of the, 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 the business capability here, but, but, but I have a question around that. But so it seems that the, the key for, well, let me, let me go there, actually. The, the, the business capability, it seems, is the tape is becoming the premier or, or a competitive long-term archival data store. Is that, A, is that fair? And then I have another follow-up. We see really what's happening is with with the um, lower cost and, and, and capabilities of disk, we see customers backing up to disk for one to maybe 120 days. So, so for the most part, the backups are occurring short-term to disk, very much like Eric has um, described, and they may leave that information on disk for about that period of time. But we almost never see anybody after about 120 days. So information that is kept for more than 120 days typically, and that's the outer limit. Usually it's information kept for more than a week or a month is being moved to tape. So, so what's happening there is what was backed up to tape in the past is being backed up to disk. And, and we see a, uh, I think that's the reason, even though data has been growing substantially, the tape industry has been really flat for several years. Okay. Did that answer your question? Yes. And, and then, so to, to, to keep uh, uh, that, that, that sort of new shifting position, it would seem that, that uh, tape capacities or cartridge capacities are going to have to keep pace, you know, at least roughly with, with disk. And do you see that happening? Like, for instance, if you look out, you know, the end of next decade, you know, let's say, you know, late 2020, are we going to see cartridge capacities in excess of 40 or 50 terabytes? Yeah, that's, I would say probably not. I, I My sense is we, LTO4 is out, it's uh, 1.6, LTO5 will be 1. Point, right, I'm sorry, 1.6 compressed, um, and that's that's using the the uh, LTO spec of two to one. Uh, LTO five will be uh, LTO four is one point six. LTO five native is one point five versus eight hundred on LTO four. So it's really like three. LTO six then compressed to six. LTO seven would be uh, twice that twelve, and LTO eight about twenty four. And that's somewhere around two thousand twenty. I suspect in disk drives we'll see something higher at that point. I'm not certain, though, per, per spindle. Okay, so what, what, go ahead. So I'm not certain it's really going to matter, though. Uh, if you look at what what is happening, and Sask Energy is an excellent example of this, um, really it doesn't matter if there's a a correspondence between disk and tape. It's probably where they are from a relative standpoint in cost more than the exact capacity. As Eric said, uh, TSM in this case packs a tape and then when it's full it goes to the next one. It it very efficiently utilizes tape. Um, So perhaps in 2020 you have a, a 25 terabyte tape cartridge and a a 50 terabyte disk. Um, we're not so certain that you that the, the usage will will not change a lot. Maybe you'll go from you know an average of 30 days to disk to 120 or something higher. But most customers still want to have a full offsite copy uh, of their data on tape and. Um, Really, that's sort of the backstop. It's very much like what Eric ha- has spoken to. The uh, the uh, discs are used for short-term. Tapes are used for long-term. They've eliminated tape in the remote locations, but probably have as much or more in the central location. And that's a, that's a trend that we see with our customer base. Okay, so essentially tape becomes the medium where you store data that you hopefully never have to access. 
Right. Or it's an archive. You may put it off-site. You know, you want it there in case your business burns down or your organization burns down. But um, it's the backstop against catastrophe. Yet the cost of data loss is so high. Uh, The cost of, you know, if you're a government entity or um, uh, in the case of SASCA, a natural gas supplier, um, you know, the loss of a database or even something that's probably now considered even more mission critical than an Oracle database is is email, um, is so catastrophic that it's probably going to continue to be used. Okay, so we are um, reaching the end of our session here. Does anybody have any other critical points that they want to make that they didn't have an opportunity to make against star six? If you're muted, we'll unmute you. Um, just want to make sure everybody had an opportunity to say their piece. I might add one more thing to that, which is, uh, this is Nate again, uh, although we see a lot of interest in deduplication appliances, we see more volume in, in taking in an appliance and running an application like TSM or, or Commvault or Veritas, um, well, now uh, Symantec Net Backup, in an appliance with a lot of disk. And over time, I think it's probably reasonable to assume that those applications will pick up more capabilities for deduplication. We certainly know that with Veritas, with their pure disk product, uh, and we 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 know that's coming for Commvault, and now with um, IBM's purchase of Diligent, it would make sense for for the deduplication to eventually become part of uh, TSM. And I, IBM has basically indicated they're going that direction. Great. Good. Um, well, let me thank Nate Thompson of Spectrologic and Eric Peterson of Sask Energy. Really, really appreciate you presenting today to the to the Wikibon community. Uh, we've been wanting to do more in this space for a long time. Uh, uh, thanks to Fred Moore for uh, suggesting this call. I don't know if he made it on today, but appreciate you being the catalyst. Um, and also, uh, I'd like to thank the, the individuals who contributed today, uh, David Foyer, uh, Steve, and Nick Allen. So, so let's, uh, let's do a summary of what do we, what do we want to call this? Any, uh, any suggestions? How about uh, SAS Energy Case Study? Applying a, an incremental forever backup and archive solution. Uh, dedupe before dedupe. Say it again. D- dedupe before dedupe. <laughs> How about just to tape with incremental dedupe? Well, no, it's true. The TSM really did do a kind of dedupe before dedupe became hot. Right. Well, uh, Eric here. Um, perhaps I don't understand uh, exactly what dedupe does, but uh, I just want to point out that um, typically the incremental forever is is great at minimizing your data, but uh, as far as uh, deduplication goes, if I understand it correctly, uh, we have already witnessed uh, lots of ish of cases of you know, one file, for instance, across several different servers. Um, if that's the case, Tivoli is going to back up each one of them per server. So it doesn't really um, get rid of the duplication of one file across several servers, but it would duplicate one file on one server. Gotcha. Okay, so we got uh, applying an incremental forever backup and archive solution. We got disk to tape with incremental dedupe, and we've got dedupe before dedupe. Is that it, Nick? I like the first. So let's go with, with, in the interest of time, let's put a placeholder out there, and then if you guys want to change it, by all means, um, email us or go in and edit uh, uh, the, 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 in the comment section on the new Wikibon. Um, before I summarize, I just wanted to let everybody know, we'll be at uh, uh, SNW next week, Storage Networking World, Wikibon is hosting two panels around energy efficiency. 
The first one is on Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the data center uh, track with uh, Mark Branfit of PG&E, uh, Alan Rose of Encore, which is the local utility in Dallas, and um, Rich Avila, who's the head of, of network operations at Cal State U East Bay. And we'll be talking about uh, energy efficiency and, and utility rebates. And then we've got another session uh, with Daryl Molitor of JCPenney and some other technology industry luminaries on the Wednesday at 3 o'clock. So if you're at SMW, please stop by and, and see us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you. Okay, so let's summarize here. This is Dave Vellante. Today is October 7, 2008, and this is the Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting. The title of today's piece is Fast Energy, Applying an Incremental Forever Backup and Archive Solution. Uh, and this summary uh, was uh, uh, assisted by Eric Peterson of Sask Energy and Nate Thompson of Spectrologic. Thank you again for your participation. Uh, Sask Energy is a corporation that's controlled by the uh, Saskatchewan government, which delivers uh, natural gas to most of the province and over 300,000 customers. A few years back, uh, we heard from Eric Peterson, Sask had a challenge. Uh, data on its AIX and Intel servers was isolated and backed up as, as islands. Each server had its own independent tape drive which was used to perform nightly full disk backups. Uh, this approach was expensive and obviously time consuming. Uh, backups would require as much as eight hours uh, to complete. The other challenge that Sask Energy faced was its policy dictated that data has to be retained for a five year period. This of course increased costs uh, when using a nightly full disk backup methodology. So the key business drivers for this project were to, were to cut costs, improve backup efficiency, and provide a, a more scalable backup and restore and archiving infrastructure that could evolve over time as the technology changed. The solution that SAS Energy um, implemented based on, on the requirements was the following. Uh, a TSM, Tivoli Storage Manager, which provided this notion of incremental forever uh, 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 backup, allowing backup of only changed data. Uh, second was performing backups of, of large disk pools to a temporary staging area that was disk-based and then migrating from, from, from disk to tape locally and then off-site for long-term retention. And the, the library and tape technology used here was Spectrologic's T950, which uses a a, a combination of LTO4 and SAIT technology, and then offsite using a Spectrologic T120, um, which houses the SAIT technology for offsite archiving. Um, this has allowed Task Energy to take advantage of cartridge capacities in excess of, of 800 uh, gigabytes and with compression up over a terabyte. Task Energy's five-year retention requirement mandated that they needed to use this extreme high-density solution which optimized density in a single rack and also had long life. From a cost perspective, a, a disk was not an option uh, for long-term retention. Um, it was just deemed it too expensive. Uh, users should note that the trade-off of this uh, perpetual incremental approach, while it's efficient and simple, and very fast to restore recent files, restoring full server images uh, is going to take significantly more time uh, as compared to full disk backups. Um, and the reason, of course, is that it requires touching a large number of tapes to restore a system in its entirety. Um, to reduce this, this potential risk uh, of, of, of having to do a very time-consuming a full server restore. Sask Energy performs a once per month archive of the full image. Uh, and users should also take note that systems like uh, Notes and perhaps other email systems require a different methodology to be able to, for example, restore a mailbox of a specific user quickly. Um, Sask uses TSM for mail to accomplish this. So the implementation that Sask used, they started with, with the AIX uh, infrastructure um, and 
began uh, backing up large pools uh, of, of disk, uh, two disk, in, in a couple of hours max, and then, as we described, move over to uh, tape and then migrate it to off-site tape. And over time, this was applied to the Intel infrastructure. Uh, daily backups of what is approximately a 30 terabyte environment, uh, average around 600 gigabytes a day, um, and can be done on one or two cartridges. And to date, virtually all of the recoveries that have had to have been uh, accomplished have, have been done from um, simple change files of the previous night's files. And thus far, Sask, is not, Sask Energy has not had to perform a full server recovery. So a major implementation challenge that uh, Eric talked about was the Tivoli learning curve. Uh, TSM is very powerful. It's got lots of options. Uh, but the trade-off is that effectively implementing this solution requires a very focused effort to understand the environment and set the numerous knobs and dials to, to optimize uh, the system and, and automate the system. So in a project like this, the advice for organizations is really to budget for and or train a domain expert in the area of, of, of automated storage management, for example, Tivoli, and really plan for that expertise being part of the project. Uh, we then talked about uh, tape futures and, 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 and the state of the tape industry. Nathan uh, confirmed that, that tape is about a $4 billion uh, industry worldwide, including the media. Um, and higher tape cartridge capacities and things like longer media life uh, are, are allowing tape to compete effectively for uh, the, these tier three archiving and recovery applications. Uh, which Fred Moore often tells us is about 60% of the digital data um, out there. So this perpetual incremental backup approach used by SASC uh, demonstrated several benefits. Uh, a reduction in backup window from eight hours down to, to, to hours or minutes, a couple of hours or minutes, uh, support of a 24 by 7 strategy, eliminating the need to shut down applications like Oracle and, and reduce costs dramatically by consolidating backup devices across the province, um, and even potentially cut FTE headcount in half, although those numbers are a little bit fuzzy because they're people's arms and legs. Uh, but on balance, that uh, looks like it made a sound business decision given the retention requirements imposed on it on the IT department, choosing tape as the long-term archival technology. Nathan then helped us uh, understand that, that tape is be changing in its role, becoming a long-term archival technology in that it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to keep pace with disk capacities to maintain that. From an economic standpoint, um, many customers are, are maintaining data on disk for, let's say, 120 days some longer, but, but, but oftentimes people want to get it off disk onto a long-term archiving uh, a technology like tape. And that even with capacity increases of, let's say, 20 to 30 terabytes by 2020, tape will likely maintain that position. Action item. Incremental forever backups and archiving solutions may sound crazy. However, organi organizations with very long retention requirements should consider this philosophy. The perpetual incremental approach is best for storing data where the likelihood of ever having to recover data is very low. Uh, in this instance, for the next 10 years, tape will be the most cost-effective and efficient technology. So uh, please. Take a look at the uh, pieces that will be up on Wikibon within the next couple of hours and the next 24 hours. I want to thank everybody for attending today, and we will see you at SNW, or we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.